Yo, yo, yo. Good morning, Nashville. Good morning, Nashville. Peace to the city. Peace to the planet. We're excited to be with you guys again on this Monday morning, Nashville. Have you heard a black man vent today? Very excited this Monday morning again to be with you guys. Uh, this being the Black Man Vent 2 podcast. Good morning. My name is Jonathan Davis and I go by Jumbo. My name is Leon Davis Jr. and I go by L Dog and as my son, I just say ditto to everything that he just said because it's, it's a privilege and we are thankful for the opportunity every time we get a chance to come before you with something that we hope that will make our community better, but most of all, help to encourage and help our black men to be better. And matter of fact, not only black men, but any man or any person that's listening to our podcast on a regular basis. First of all, we want to help to make your, your life better in whatever way, small way that we can, but also we want to just tell you thank you for your continued support and your and your loyal listenership. Yeah, um, you know, again, just just to reiterate what Pop said, we we want to reach out to any and everybody. You know, I, I shared an experience with uh, my pops in regards to over the weekend on my car. We have the Black Men Vent to. Um, what would you call it? A car sticker. Mm-hmm. We got the car stickers, mm-hmm. um, advertisement car stickers mm-hmm. that we put on. You know, my vehicle and my dad has put on his. And that was a um, a white gentleman, if you will, guys, that uh, was standing outside my car. And I was, you know, just just kind of baffled at why he was standing there so long. So I rolled the window down, and little did I know he was reading the um, car sticker that we have, and it just kind of shows me and my dad's picture. Um, you know, it just kind of explains the podcast for what it was. And he said, you know, hey, I like I like that, you know, and I was just like, well, man, that's kind of cool that we are not only reaching out to our culture, but we're reaching out to their culture as well. So that's that's the ultimate goal, uh, yeah. Nashville. And I think we've we've pushed that point pretty hard, you know, that we're not um, um, just focusing on black male issues. But although that is the mission, we're not just focusing on that. We want to spread that word and that exposure to any and everybody that's that's willing to hear it. Yeah, yeah, because we don't want to make it sound like that we're being, uh, leaving somebody out because we don't want to do that, but we do want to show love to our 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 people, man, and we want to show love to our black men because at right. the end of the day, and we, let's be real with it, the black man is the most scrutinized man on the planet yeah. Earth. Right. He's right. the man that catches right. all the flack. He's the yeah. man that catches all the heat. He's the he's the last one on the totem pole. He's the man that's fighting 24-24, trying to make himself known and make himself be heard. Yeah. And when you got to fight and do all these things that we got to do, you got to get some stuff off your chest. And that's what we're here to do Mm -hmm. on the Black Man Venture Podcast. Got an excited episode for you guys today. Won't hold you long on this intro segment. We have our first dual guest podcast episode today where we have two uh black men that are coming to us um black men that have done a lot in the city and um they are joining us on our abuse season um the body mass index of abuse and a black man with two special guests that we have and um nashville we're excited for you guys to hear them um so just stay tuned with us stick stick it out with us pops always says get your donuts get your bagels your, your french toast your, your, your cups of coffee, whatever you need to get your Monday morning started and just take some time to hear a black man vent today. Nashville, have you heard a black man vent today? After our sponsorship segment break, we'll get right into the content for this Monday morning.
And just like that, Nashville, just like that, we're back. Uh, good morning to you guys again, man. Uh, we're very excited this Monday morning, man, getting into our season of abuse uh, with the Black Man Been To podcast. Nashville, have you heard a Black Man Been Today? Uh, me and Pops are very excited because yeah. I think this will be our first dual uh, dual showing, if you will, of uh, having two guests on right. uh, yes. for one yes. of our episodes. So yes. new venture we're trying here in uh, Nashville. Again, we just thank you guys, man, for listening. But um, won't hold you guys long, man, uh, with two of these brothers we have in front of us. Nashville, you're listening again to the Black Man Vent 2 Podcast. Good morning on this Monday, the Body Mass Index of Abuse and a black man with both of our special guests and they're going to get right into how they feel and what their experiences are in terms of black men and dealing with abuse and um i know of one and don't know of the other in terms of the guests but they are black men and that's what we all about but i speak on the one that i do know and being uh reverend uh, thomas hunter senior um when you see him, he he, he the off-brand Shaq. I've been telling him that his whole life. You know what I'm saying? He, he the off-brand Shaq, man. He, he he favors him in a way, and then he he, he his height yeah. and it shows as well. But yeah. um, man, just just a, just an all-around good good brother, man, and a good friend. And um, I've known him all my life from the time uh, I've been you know just a teenager up until now. And um, he's gave me a lot of good advice, a lot of good different things, man, that I've. Uh, just as a man had to see some things that he probably warned me about that I had to see and some things <laughs> he probably um, you know um, you know just just gave me that advice man that you mm-hmm. know hey Junebug mm-hmm. man as a man you're gonna see this you're gonna see that mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna do this you're gonna do that and he wasn't lying you know uh, being <laughs> being grown ain't, ain't, ain't all peaches and cream but mm-hmm. nonetheless man um, I, I love him man I respect him and um, I'm just glad that we have him on and then we have uh, Mr. Simon Odom um, who's going to come with us alongside um, uh, Reverend Hunter Senior Man and just both of these guys are going to give us their um, dealings just their their intakes and their background behind what they believe abuse is how it looks and how it can be better and how we can deal with it better yeah. as black men in our community so Nashville man we won't hold you guys long man let's get right into the content without further ado introducing Mr. Simon Odom Simon Odom and Reverend Thomas Hunter Sr. Fellas, how y'all doing this morning? Good, good. Wonderful in yourselves. Good, good, yeah, good. Yeah. Doing well, man. Again, we just just thank y'all. And oh, let me let me do this because uh Reverend Hunter, he 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 <laughs> tried to get me on this one. But I, I always show love to the Greek community and, and Greek life. And um, we got a Sigma that's 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 embraced us, man. He 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 talk his trash off the air you know so, so so i made sure it was off the air before I, we started recording so, <laughs> so man shout out to uh man man the sigmas man i i love the men in blue man i got a lot of good friends of mine that are sigmas as well so definitely wanted to give that shout out to him man but man let's uh let's dive right into the content man nashville have you heard a black man been today pops you want to yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. First of all, I want to say also, I want to thank Reverend Hunter because uh, Reverend Hunter and myself, and thank uh, Brother Odom for coming on also, but Reverend Hunter and myself have had many conversations oh, this, this type of uh, this type of subject matter, man. Mm-hmm. About even back in the day when we used to do ministry at uh, the uh, youth center, man, the uh, youth correction center, and we would sit in the parking lot and we would have many conversations, not mm-hmm. only about the youth, but some other grown men conversations. And uh, we talk about stuff, but just want to kind of dive off into this thing real, into the fact of, first of all, give Nashville kind of like a little bio, man, of what you do 
and you know your church location and Mr. Odom give us a little bio of what you what you do and how y'all minister to our community. Well I, I think in, uh again thank you guys for just having having us on the show and having me on the show. Uh really appreciate it. Um I love the fact to be able to see uh, someone that I saw as a child grow up and be that grown man uh, and doing stuff in community even beyond those things. Uh, and just, you know, being on this call with my brother, my brother in the ministry, I mean, we are family, we are brothers, uh, and just really enjoy and like the fact that you're reaching out uh, to a community uh, that does not uh, get talked to or talked about yeah. Uh, a lot of times, but just just briefly for me, um, I pastor a, a church in the middle of the Andrew Jackson community. It's a community-based church. Um, I also work at the Sheriff's Office, Davis County Sheriff's Office as a community engagement director, uh, where we engage community to bring in things for men and women who are incarcerated to try to help them be better uh, once they get out. I uh, also uh, am a part of uh, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, uh, which um, we do a lot of great things in community as far as community service and just the development of men in general. Yes. Uh, I'm also uh, a part of um, uh, a Masonic organization, uh, Nehemiah Grand Lodge here in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, which are Scottish Rite Masons. Uh, and we do stuff here in Nashville area and also in the Memphis area just bolstering our community and health and development of men uh, and women. So yeah. that's just a brief, just kind of bio of, of where I am and, and what I do in community. Praise God, praise God. All right, Mr. Simon. Hey, yeah, good morning, brothers again. My name is Simon Odom. I'm an over the road truck driver, which I'm home every weekend, but what I do to help men in recovery, men and women, but particularly men in recovery uh, and that's been uh, abused, put it that way. Mm -hmm. I uh, run, I'm a part of a meeting that meets here every Saturday morning, okay. 8.30 to 9.30. And that's dealing with men primarily in, with substance abuse, mm. but we also deal with natures of uh, uh, past abuse, you know, child abuse. Mm -hmm. uh, Things that have happened in their lives that they just can't deal with, and that they're trying to get something on, uh, trying to get a, a, a better grip on their lives that have been in the, the, the prison system. The name of our group is the Circle of Hope. Okay, okay. And what we do is, you know, we talk about our past, our present, and where we want to go in the future, and try to help each other, build each other up. Mm -hmm. to get a job. If it's to learn how to uh, tie a tie, learn how to just conduct yourself as a man in the community. Yes. In life. Yes. You know, we're here, you know, uh, we have a phone number. We pass out our phone numbers and you come to our meetings. Mm -hmm. You can reach us 24 7, 24 hours, seven days a week. We will not turn our backs on you. Okay. So okay. If, you're, if you're going, that man is going through something or that, man is going through something and he feels like he wants to go out and rob a bank or go put a gun to his head yes, or pick up a spike, put it in his arm, a crack pipe or whatever. Yes, sir. We will be on that phone. We will come to you. We will hug you. We will hold you. Come we on. will walk you through that moment so we can get you past it. Man, 
Amen. Help us become That's a better productive member of society. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is my goal. I am also a member of uh, Solomon Lodge number 001, the Scottish Rite Masons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Proud member of that. I'm also a proud member of Narcotics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. Though I don't like mentioning that name, Narcotics Anonymous, but I am a proud member of that. And that's just to protect our uh, traditions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, we're here every day. I mean, every Sunday, every Saturday. Okay. Okay. 8 o'clock in the morning to 8, to 9.30 in the morning, which will be changing from 8.30 mm -hmm. because people are just not taking to it, but it ain't going nowhere. Praise God, man. We're going to be here, and uh, we're going to do everything we can to help the man that's, in a, uh, that's being abused by addiction, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. We're here for it. Man. And it's just the way I'm here for that person, that person to be there for me the minute they show up, because that helps me. Man, that's right, that's right. Like, that's one of the things that we talk when we get together in fellowship and we can talk, man. That's what yes. uh, that's what a lot of folks don't like reference sometimes. Hebrews 10 and, 10 and 25 was all about. Fellowship, man, coming together as a group and talking about our issues, man, and also dealing with each other's issues, man. And with that being said, man, we're going to dive off into the conversation a little bit. So with your backgrounds, man, both of you guys, and either one of you can answer this question. But I want to start it off like this. Why is it sometimes, most of the time, that our black men do not want to talk about their abuses? I think a lot of times um, it's a part of 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 a, of a cultural norm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, like I look at my sons and and the world that they grew up in. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're more open and expressive than I was. Uh, simply because of the culture uh, that we had to grow up in. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you, Reverend Leon, but I grew up in a community where it was a loving community, but you had to fight too. Come on, uh, man. Yes, sir. You had yeah. to, your rite of passage was in the trenches. Like, you know, they shoot now, but you had to have hands in my generation. Come on, man. You had to. You know, it was a more of a it was more masculine than than it is now. You you had to actually get out there in it. I remember a time, uh now I rest her soul, my mother, I ran my first nosebleed. This guy hit me in the nose and uh I ran to the house. That was the first time I saw my own blood and it kind of shook me. Mm -hmm. I ran to the house and my mother was standing in the door. So I guess she saw it. And uh I was trying to get in the house thinking she was gonna like stop my nosebleed and uh y'all y'all knew my mom, but yeah. uh yeah uh, she looked at me and said, uh, you you can't come back in this house uh until you win. <laughs> and, and, and sent me back into the fire. So so a lot of times, a lot of times we as men, uh we are kind of groomed to to just battle through the adversity and not really show or express the emotion, mm. uh, our goal is to just win through that situation. Right. Uh, what, whatever that, that takes. So so sometimes when it gets to a place where we have to show emotion, 
it takes us a while. Uh, and some don't even learn how to do that. So I would say just from a cultural perspective, uh, depending on what kind of generation you grew up in, mm -hmm. uh, it's a little more difficult uh, to express that just because uh, we had to fight. I mean, we have to have those strange conversations. I mean, I'm sure you've had it with your sons mm -hmm. about just how they move in society. True, true. You know, we have to tell them, keep your head on a swivel because just being who you are and what you are um, creates an environment or a culture to where you have to be more conscious than others mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when it comes to that. So it's, it's hard to say, okay, let, let me show or express my emotion because mm -hmm. that may be viewed um, by your world as a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of where some of that comes from when, when you look at, look at it from that perspective. Right. Well, man, let me ask you this too, Real, since you said it from, from that point. So being a father that's raising two young men, two young kings, man, in this society like that, how did you have to adjust to that? Because I had to adjust to it too, because like you said, I grew up in a society, man, where you were, you weren't, you weren't, you, you did not speak up until you were spoken to. You know what I'm saying? By grown people, man. And it was like, if you had something to say, it was almost like you didn't have anything to say if they didn't notice it. You know what I'm saying? So, but now, like you said, we we have these young men that we have now and we having to adjust, because I had to adjust to that man because I couldn't raise my son the way I was raised. Because my daddy, man, like you said, my daddy laid hands, man. Now I've laid some hands, but not as much as they laid them on me. You know what I'm saying? Because it's more like trying to understand their feelings, man, and understand that they do have feelings. And I think that's something that, like you said, our society, pushes back on as far as black men are concerned because they don't want us to express our feelings but when we express our feelings then it's like we angry or we we uh we uh we uh uh volatile or whatever violent or whatever but at the end of the day and i was just talking about this on another podcast that i learned this just doing some research that it says that when we act out either and it's just talking about people in general when they act out to certain things like abuse or whatever it's gonna be acted out in either two ways. Either you're gonna implode, or you're gonna self-destruct, or you're gonna explode, or you're gonna blow up and do something to somebody else. You're gonna you're gonna affect the things around you. So that's what happens, man. So I think it's very important for even fathers like yourself and me in the 50, 60, 40, even range, to start understanding. We gotta start listening to these people, man, and give them an avenue where they can talk, like the avenue that the uh, 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 brother of. Uh, my brother right there said that, that y'all have on Saturdays, man. We got to start opening stuff up like that, man. And we're going to do, we're going to make sure also that we put that number on there just in case somebody needs to show up to that meeting on Saturday, man. But let me ask, but how, so real, how have you had to adjust to that though, man, as a father? Well, well one of the things that, that, that you can't get away from, like, like you, you know, the DNA of your sons. It's, it's kind of like, I mess with the uh, Igbo community. I recently did my DNA thing. I found out that I'm like 87% Nigerian. That's what's mm -hmm. running through my blood. Okay. Like, so in finding that out, so I started messing with, uh, there's 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 Igbo, there's an Igbo community here in Nashville and I interact with that community, not just, hey, here's a friend. I go to the end of year celebrations. I'm a part of the community. Mm -hmm. so, so what I found was it's, there are some things that's just 
wrapped up inside of us that is is going to come out. It's, it's, it's not like we have to force it out or pull it out. There are certain things or aspects of, of how uh, men are going to act simply because of the culture that they are connected to. Wow. So, so when you start looking at like, like a lot of times they have this saying that say, you know, black people are always late, right? Come on, come on. Well, one of the things I found out in dealing with the Igbo community is the Igbo community don't look at time like a westernized person. Mm-hmm. So they may have an event that says it's going to start at 10, but it's really going to start at probably 1130. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. And I had to experience that because they had an event. One of my first ones I went to, they said it starts at 10. Guess what? I was there at 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was there. Not even <laughs> the <day>. Right, <laughs> right, right. So I asked the chief, I asked the chief, I said, where's everybody at? And he was like, oh, brother, we don't look at time like that. Mm-hmm. We even come back about 1130 and everybody will be there. I got back at 11.30, man, that thing was packed out like you would not believe. <laughs> right, right. There are some things, how we look at time is not how somebody else may look at time. And, and I said that to say this, when you look at your sons, there are some things that's already pre-packaged in them. There are some things that's, that's already uh, predestined that they gonna do just because of the DNA that you put inside of them, sure. right? Sure. So, so some things we think, okay, we, we got to give them this, that line will jump out when it need to. Mm-hmm. 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 But like within our culture, what happens is a lot of times when young young black men get to a space where they can feel vulnerable and speak, mm-hmm. they typically have that conversation with their mama. Mm, so true, so true. That's so where true. that conversation actually happens. You, you don't typically have that conversation with your father because you want to always give that imagery of strength mm. Mm. and not show weakness because of the culture. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, w- what you are saying, what this is bringing about, which I love in these conversations, it allows us as black men to be free to talk to other black men and say, man, listen, I'm vulnerable. Yes. There are some areas in my life. I would not use the word weak, but there are some areas in my life that I may struggle with. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a space where I can I can I can talk about. Yeah, yeah. So true. And Mr. Simon, man, feel free, man, to, to chime in on, on, on that same that same statement if you didn't need to. Well, I know, let me see if I can stay on point. I know. A lot of men, including myself, we've uh, experienced abuse early on. Mm. Some, some of us, that's all we ever known was abuse. Wow. You know, is that, and that's uh, indirectly from the parents, indirectly from the siblings, the people that are around you. If you don't catch on as fast, mm. you're considered slow, stupid, or if you're dark skinned, and they're light-skinned, you already got that. Well, you're black, you're not gonna be nothing. Right. All mental right. abuse, now the physical abuse comes from uh, the, 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 the beatings in the house, the yeah. beatings outside the house. Right. So you're just getting beat down all your life. Wow. Yeah. So that's what a lot of, you know, some of that is my story, but a lot of people that come to me, that's all they ever know. 
So when someone picks them up and looks them in the face and say, man, and say, listen, I love you in spite of They don't know how to deal with that. Mm. They don't believe it. So it takes a while. It takes time to get them to believe in what we're telling them. We love you in spite of who you are. We just want to help you become the best person that you could possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why when we meet here, you're going to get that. When you come to see us, you will get that. And you don't need a, we don't have a fee. Mm-hmm. We just need you to show up so we can help each other. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it goes, it's, it's deeper than what a lot of people think. Because when you start, when you get that from that, that point, that age, that early age, you're gonna do only thing you know is chaos, confusion, and abuse. So what's gonna happen? You're gonna pick up something so you can get outside yourself. Mm. You don't want to mm. feel what you're feeling, right. and that's when the alcohol and the drugs come in. But once you start that, you open up a whole new can of worms that's gonna lead to jails, institutions, and death. It's gonna be hard to get out of it, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with everything they're doing, so my job is, you know, God sent me here to do exactly what I'm doing right now. Yes, sir. To, to plead to the brothers because it's a plea that we're doing. Yes. Come see us. Yes. Let us help you. You yes. know, we can talk about it. And I'm not, a, you know, I'm not, a, and we talking about the ones that's been sexually abused Ooh, because right. see, we can't talk about that. We couldn't talk. I couldn't talk about that. That's right. right. That's right. Nobody. That's right. Because if that would have ever got out, then I would have been uh, a punk, a fag, whatever. Right. I couldn't talk about that. And it wasn't like that, but it happened. Mm-hmm. Only until I got around a group of men that had actually dealt with that situation, mm-hmm. that are raising their families. And then, you know, I had to be able to release that. And it took me 41 years to be able to wow. talk about that. Because wow. Those were things that kept me trapped and locked up, bottled up out there in the street, doing a back and forth to jail, mm-hmm. doing all the stuff that I was doing. Wow. So we here for it. Again, wow. we be here. It's the and I keep saying it's a circle of hope group. Yes. We be here. 916, 916th Avenue North. Mm-hmm. Here. It's inside the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Uh, please come out and meet us. We starting early Saturday morning, but we want this thing to be like a seven day a week event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We always want you to go somewhere, mm-hmm. be able to go somewhere and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel like talking, just come in and sit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know? Yes, sir. Hey, Mr. Simon, man, I, uh, first things first, man, I did want to let you know that everything that you just said, we'll make sure to put that oh, as a headline yeah, dollar, dollar. for our episode. So everybody yes. that sees this episode will also see that uh, invitation, if mm-hmm. you will, to, to be at those yes. meetings. Thank you. Thank and you then, so much. And I think, you know, it's the near, it, it happens inside the Boys and Girls Club, but mm-hmm. it's at the Nehemiah Missionary Baptist Church. I apologize for Okay. 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 Yeah. We'll make. We'll definitely make sure, man, to throw that in there. And um, again, Nashville, we want to thank you guys for joining us, man. This is again the Black Man Vento Podcast. Good morning. This episode being the Body Mass Index of Abuse and a Black Man with Mr. Simon Odom and uh, again Reverend Thomas 
Hunter Senior, man. Uh, Mr. Simon, I wanted to ask you a question personally, yeah. uh, just in regards to your own abuses that you said, man, that you, that you endured growing up. I think when we talk about abuse, we don't talk enough about the trauma that's associated after those abuses. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, mm -hmm. I want to talk with you, Mr. Simon, about when you went through those abusive moments, you know, just going through your adolescent years, your teenage years, growing up, what have you, how were you able to maneuver and kind of maturate still with the mental trauma of those abuses that you kind of went through? What gave you the confidence, you know, what gave you the motivation to get up every morning? Mm. What what was it, knowing that you've been through what you've been through and that trauma is still setting in, what about that gave you, you know, just the more motivation, man, to get up every day and just, mm -hmm. and just try to be a better black man? Mm -hmm. I had some strong uh, male role models in my life. Yeah. Yes. That I seen get up and go to work every day, no matter what was going on. That would that would see me. They knew the pain that I was in, but they didn't understand it. But they would reach out to me, shake my hand, and, yep. and say positive things to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. you right. Know, teachers, because we had a lot of black male teachers when I was coming. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it wasn't just the teachers, it was the men in the community, because I grew up in a GM, General Motors community. Mm -hmm. So I would see them and they would stand out on the porch and they would talk to us. And uh, and they saw me because I was acting out and they would always you know, feed me something positive. Mm -hmm. Yes. Never sir. feed me nothing negative. So that gave me the motivation and the strength to just do right by, you know, because I didn't want to look bad in their eyes. Right, right. Until I started later in life believing that I can actually accomplish something in life. Wow, man. You know, and that's one of them things, man, like Red was saying earlier, man, that we grew up in a society where you had to endure stuff like that, man, and you didn't get a chance to talk about it, man. So I think it's, I think that's a happy balance right there where we still need to be masculine, we still need to be strong, but we also need to understand that you got some issues, man, you can talk to somebody. And I think that's what makes our platform so important, what makes the things that y'all do so important, to let people know that there are avenues, man, where you can go talk to people and get help. And let me throw this out there. So has it ever been, oh, let me see what y'all do this if necessary. If, like we had two professional guys on here uh, that deal with uh, psychology, sociology, all that stuff. So their profession is psychiatrists. And uh, one of the things that uh, Eric Capehart told us, man, is he said that a lot of times people don't want to go to psychiatrists because it, people think our, our society labels that as being, you know, you crazy. Nah, man, you're not crazy, dude. You're just trying to seek some help, man. So let me ask you this. Would y'all uh, direct someone to that avenue if you couldn't help them where you are? Oh, no question. I mean, one of the things, and it's interesting you you uh, talked to uh, Eric Capehart. Mm -hmm. uh, me and Eric, uh, uh, Eric's the president of the National Action Network. Look at that, uh, man. Come on, man. Al, Al Sharpton. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the I'm the treasurer for the National Action Network. Come on, man! Wow. Come on! Man. <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a small world, but yeah, but yeah. That's a good brother, and a lot of times we don't see him in that profession. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I tell people all the time. I mean, just as a pastor, uh, there are things that I deal with, mm -hmm. but when it when it's beyond me, 
uh, if somebody's having addiction issues, mm -hmm. I can speak from a spiritual perspective, mm -hmm. uh, but Simon could have a greater impact with them because he runs an addiction treatment program. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, if somebody has a mental health issue and in the community where, where we minister, uh, we find that a lot. Yes. Uh, but but I try my best uh, to lead people to professionals. Mm -hmm. I'm not finna try to spiritualize everything. Come on, man. There yep. are some things uh, that requires a doctor. Yes. Uh, who God has gifted to take a person through that process to get them well. Right. So so one of the things I've learned is, you know, there are certain things and 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 you you are given discernment to know when it's something that, that needs to be dealt with from a pastoral perspective. Mm -hmm. But you're also given discernment to know when you need to uh, refer that person or even take that person uh, to somebody who understands what they're struggling with, uh, which may not be spiritual at all. So true. So, so a lot of times, even even with 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 men, and and sometimes we are. Uh, duly, some people in the treatment community call it duly diagnosed. We 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 wrestling with addiction. We wrestling with mental health issues, Jumbo. We wrestling with the trauma right. uh, of old scars, and and it takes uh, a team of people to be able to uh, unpack all of that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that what you just said is so important, Rev. The fact that you said unpack man and that's what you have to do man is unpack because if i don't unpack my baggage then i'm continually walking around with this suitcase man at 150 pounds and i can't live with 100 pounds and i'm walking around dragging this thing man so it's so important to unleash and un and, and let let this stuff go man so when you let it go have y'all ever seen through the program well, you've seen some breakthroughs, man, where some bros have like, have really had some breakthrough moments, man. Like yourself, Mr. Odom, you had a breakthrough moment. You say you dealt with your situation for 41 years, but then you had a breakthrough. And the breakthrough came because you were getting some positive out, you know, positive input, and you had some positive brothers in your circle, man. So have you ever seen in the other situation, man, where you've seen the positiveness come out to the point where you're like, wow, this brother got a breakthrough, man? I see it all the time mm -hmm. you know i see uh when a person come in and he just can tell you probably haven't had a bath in weeks mm. probably sleeping on a, on the uh park bench or something and his attitude is real negative mm -hmm. keep coming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know no matter what because we ain't kicking you out right He'll keep coming. He may display all type of behaviors and people be like, ah, come on. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, you're going to start seeing a change. Wow. People are talking different, walking different. Yes, yes. Next thing you know, you're going to see him be clean. Mm -hmm. That's the breakthrough. It's not like an right. overnight thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes slowly over time. Mm -hmm. As long as he stay with us. Yeah, I see it every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I see people that was, uh, put it this way, I got a brother that's real close to me. Mm -hmm. He used to live under the bridge. Mm. He used to live under the bridge. Mm -hmm. Breakthrough, now he's an engineer. He's a wow. he's building a mansion. Wow, come on. Yeah. Building come his own mansion, just paid off one house. 
Mm. Just bought a brand new Escalade cash. <laughs> yeah. Now he's building a mansion. Come on, man. Wow. You know, man. it's yeah, breakthrough comes slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it comes. It's, it takes uh you chip away at it. Yes. Um, yes. And one of and one of the things like what 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 a lot of us miss is a lot of times we think if somebody looks okay, mm. they're okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so there, there are what I found is there are just just through even through 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 Fred, through through my Masonic ties, there are a lot of brothers who look okay. Mm-hmm. But they're not okay. Wow. So, yeah. so you create environments where I've seen very successful people just pour themselves out because mm -hmm. they're not okay. They 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 are so driven to to keep this image up, mm -hmm. and they're not really just giving their true self. Wow. wow. So a lot of times we assume we we look and we say. Well, it has to be a particular situation, but sometimes it can be somebody that looks very successful, mm -hmm. uh, and they they need that same space, but they got to be real guarded because they might have an image they have to protect. Mm -hmm. So, so. Yeah. Nashville, man, we want to thank you guys again for uh, tuning in, man. This is the Black Man Venture Podcast. Good morning, as always, Nashville. We're gonna take. A quick segment break, allow these guys, man, to get some water, and we're going to hop right back into the content, man, for today's episode this Monday morning. Nashville, have you heard a black man been today? After this segment break, we'll get right back into the content for this Monday morning. Good morning, Nashville. Hopefully everyone is doing well this morning. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Um, if you're a Titan fan, you probably didn't have such a great weekend. But just know that Tom Brady fans didn't have a good weekend. And Aaron Rodgers fans didn't have a good weekend. And my boys, the Raiders lost last weekend. So if you're a sports fan, just continue to be a fan. You can't win them all. And you're not going to lose them all. So this is just one of those things where your team didn't win this year. But like my partner says at work, there's always next year. So we just have to continue to be fans and don't be a bandwagon fan, but be a real fan. But this morning, I would like to introduce to us a sports uh, segment break. And I want to reiterate one that we used to do back in 2021. We did it a couple times then. And I want to bring it back this morning. It's called the BMVT Black Sports Hero First. The BMVT Black Sports Hero hero first and I want to introduce to us a guy that played in a sport that was not popular in most of our communities growing up because we did not have the facilities or the equipment to even think about playing this sport and we didn't have the uh, even the mindset to want to play this sport because that's not something that we saw growing up as being a popular sport for our culture but this brother his name is Willie Eldon Ori, Willie Eldon Ori, and he played hockey in the National Hockey League. He was the first black hockey player to play in the NHL. Mr. Ori was born on October 15, 1935, in New Brunswick, 
California. He is known as the first black hockey player again in the National Hockey League. He is a former Canadian professional hockey player and he is best known and is referred to as the Jackie Robinson of ice hockey for breaking the black color barrier. Of course, you know, Mr. Ori had to deal with a whole lot of ups and downs being the first black hockey player. And he noted that fans called him racist names all the time. And he just kept on playing it off and kept on playing the game that he loved. He noted on one time that racist remarks were much worse in the United States cities than in Toronto and Montreal, the two Canadian cities hosting NHL teams at that time. He said fans would yell things like, go back to the South, and how come you're not out there picking cotton? But he said, it didn't bother me because I just want to be a hockey player, and if they couldn't accept that fact, that was their problem, not mine. Mr. Ori went on to play hockey from the years of 1958 to 1979. Mr. Ori received several awards for playing the game of hockey. He received rewards uh, like the Lester Patrick Trophy. He received that in 2003. And he received a Hall of Fame award for being uh, a first black hockey player in the National Hockey League. In 2018, he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And also in 2020, he was inducted into Canada's Sports Hall of Fame. Mr. Ori was a man that did not allow his obstacles and he did not allow people to tell him what he could and could not do. He allowed his athleticism to speak for itself because back then, being the only black hockey player, you had to be good if they called you up to play in the professional ranks. So this morning, I just want to share some light on a brother by the name of Willie Eldon Ori, the first black hockey player in the National Hockey League. Thank you. Have a great rest of the morning. Nashville, just like that, just like that, guys, we're back. We're back. Good morning to you guys again. Uh, Monday morning, Black Men Vent to Podcast, talking about abuse. And again, we just want to thank you guys for listening. If you're just not tuning in, the Body Mass Index of Abuse. And a black man with our special guest, Mr. Simon Oldham, and then we have uh, Reverend Thomas Hunter Sr. as well. And um, we want to dive more into now the, the, the solution aspect, if you will, of, of how we believe abuse can be solved how it can be uh dealt with and how it can just be uh essentially uh maintained as a black man and um i want to give my first question to uh uh pastor hunter senior man when you're talking about solutions for abuse what solutions did you have um as you were getting um as you as you grew up you know as you grew up went through life man what were your own solutions that you had for yourself you know, as you were trying to find your way, man, past those abusive moments that you had, and, and, and what can you give as a motivating or an advising factor yeah. to the other black man listening to this 
their, their, their needs some sort of solution, a breakthrough, like Mr. Odom talked about, yeah. something that they can kind of help them be better, man, with this abuse stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, um, on a lighter note, once I was done crying, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, but on a, on a serious side to that is, it is it is vitally and uh, key uh, to make sure you have positive friends. Mm-hmm. Going through that process, I can recall just in my mind people that I call mentors now, mm-hmm. uh, who were there for me when I could have chosen a totally different life. Yes. Uh, and I'm talking about from youth. Um, I remember a man named Mr. Green who lived across the street from me. Um, he gave me my first job. He let me cut his yard. Um, and that was the first job that I ever had. I took my little armor with my little gas tank (laughs) across the street Mm -hmm. and cut Mr. Green's yard. Mm Mm-hmm. Nah, he paid me a wage. Well, those things kept me away from negative people who could have handed me uh, other things as a, as a young man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but when when you start to look at those processes, the the biggest key is making sure uh, that you align yourself uh, with positive men uh, who will pour into you in a positive way. Yes. Sir. Uh, especially when you're going through uh, the struggle. Um, Y'all know, I mean, we come from the same house. I can't tell you um, how many men uh, besides my father uh, that poured into me as a young man. Uh, Deacon Reed, uh, Deacon Jake, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Kid, Carl You know, the, the basically the list goes on and on. Deacon mm-hmm. McKizzy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Reverend McKizzy, just ministers who came along the way as I was kind of coming up. Besides my father, who my ultimate person was, was my father. Yeah, uh, yeah. My father wasn't the follow me around in every sports game. Most of the time, he was at work while I was playing. Uh, but at the end of the day, I can remember uh, most impactful times in my life were Saturday mornings after we done played games, my name is in the newspaper, me and my daddy sitting at a Wendy's uh, getting a breakfast sandwich mm-hmm. you know, at like 6.30, 7 in the morning, mm-hmm. getting ready to go work. Yeah. I remember those conversations that we had uh, setting in that space. Uh, and those are times that I cherish more than anything. Uh, but he was there to pour positivity in me. It just wasn't um, discipline all the time. Sometimes it was just pure conversations uh, that I had. So so I would say to you, uh, and to any brother out there, just make sure uh, that you get somebody that can pour positivity into you. Mm -hmm. Also, it's okay to do research 
uh, yes. on culture, uh, on understanding that our history did not start with the slave trade. Mm. Um, go beyond yes. the impact of us being taken off boats and being separated and sold. Uh, there is a history that's in every black man uh, that goes far beyond um, uh, the westernized uh, interpretation of who you are. Okay. So I, a lot of times it, it's beneficial uh, for, because you think differently once you find out you know, where you from, like originally, who you are connected to, what your DNA cries out, uh, and even why you do some of the things you do. A lot of these young brothers don't even know why they lock their hair up, why they why they dye the tips of their hair. They don't they don't even understand yeah. that's some African stuff. Mm -hmm. Right here and they look and they say, Well, I'm the best twerker in the world. No, you need to go to a uh African event and they'll teach you the cultural reasons why you can move that way. Right. Right. That's right. what a real twerking. Um, <laughs> in their culture, those steps and those movements have a meaning. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Not just let me uh, display my flesh. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This, this actually has a meaning. Right. Right. So, so, so getting to that, finding that positive people, and also just having a deeper understanding of your culture, because love of self is important first. And you got to love, and you got to might be mindful of what you're putting in your head, mm -hmm. uh, because that's where it's all going to start anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, we 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 just talked about that earlier, even this morning, man. On, on we was uh, talking about some things, man. And one thing we talked about is the thought process has to change, man, because once you think something, whether negative or positive then it goes to the heart, man, and starts to formulate. Then it goes to the hand and, and it's acted out, man. So we got to start addressing this thought process, man. So, you know, even if a person does not want to seek uh, education, they still should educate themselves in some kind of way, man. Like you said, as far as your history is concerned, if you've got a trade, man, and you want to be good at uh, carpentry or you want to be good at uh, mechanics or whatever, you should always try to find ways to get better in that by educating yourself how to get better in that thing, man. So with that being said, man, I think that's one of our solutions is, is what you said, surround yourself with positive role models, positive male figures in your life. And also we got to start educating ourselves. So Mr. Odom, you don't mind, man, can you speak on that a little bit about the education, just educating ourselves, man, as far as making ourselves better men? First of all, the uh, the mask must go. Mm. We come in with that facade, and uh, mm. so once you know, so we have to strip away that, which comes with identification. Mm. And once we identify, you know, we can identify, you know, identify with each other. Mm -hmm. Then we can learn because a lot of guys are coming that don't even know how to read, mm. Mm -hmm. and so they got that mask up. So once we can get all that down and we become, because whether you can read or not, we all on the same level. Yeah. So, cause we gonna teach you everything you need to know as far as that, if you allow us. Mm -hmm. So once we, you know, start teaching you how to read or get the mask now, and then we can start identifying with each other, then we can start opening up to each other. Mm -hmm. 
once we start opening up to each other, that means we're starting to trust each other. Mm. Once we're starting to trust each other, we're building better relationships and we're starting to love each other. So once we do, once we get that, all that to get to going, that's where we start getting to the solution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and then that's, that's pretty much my take on it. It starts with tearing down the mask. Mm -hmm. I I, I like your analogy on that, man. And I'm going to spin one back to you. Um, when you're talking about taking a mask off, man, you're talking about making yourself vulnerable. You know, just yeah. being transparent. I would yeah. use it as 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 us being naked. You know, if you go naked yeah. anywhere in in, yes. in any place, it's embarrassing. You know, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying? it's it's embarrassing to be naked. You you expose your 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 private ears, if you will, are exposed. You know, you 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 are completely vulnerable to the eyes and the ears of whatever is around you. Yes, I think we have to find ways as black men to understand that that exposure is 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 can be frightening to, to black men it can be fearful it can be something that that, that black men aren't ready for mm-hmm. but with with any person that, that that is naked you have opportunity to put clothes on them and when i say clothes i'm talking support them give them that that <laughs> motivation give them a little food if they need it throw mm-hmm. some socks on their on their ashy ankles if they got if they you know if they need some socks or just anything like that but but i, I it's, it's interesting because like i said when you're naked man you don't want nobody to see you you know when you're going through those traumas and you went through those abuses you don't want nobody to see that because it's embarrassing you know it it, it, it feels some type of way but for those of us that that that, that were naked at one point. We had to get clothed with mentors, with, with, with the school systems and, and, and certain people in, in those areas and position of power, church, Sunday school, your vacation battle school. That's putting clothes on top of, you know, those traumas mm-hmm. that essentially is not hiding it, but it's just allowing you to see that it's okay that you were once at this point and now you're able to, to have a new shape and a new frame to kind of talk and discuss of where you are as a black man right now. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we we can't be afraid of understanding that sometimes failure uh, is a process of getting you to your success. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, like there's a lot of people, you know, there's a couple of people who know. I mean, that I played pro ball overseas, uh, came back and coached the TSU, but there's a lot of people who don't know. I just coached at TSU for a year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who don't who don't know. Like after I left TSU, I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for eight years to get to that pinnacle, and in 15 minutes, it was gone. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there, there are some people who know that I went through uh, a divorce. And, loss of career and my mother, all that happened in the last half of 1999. But as I sit here today, all of those things helped me become the man that I am now. But I had to get to a point to where I had to understand that those things uh, were going to happen anyway. It, it was just it was just predestined in the cards that those things were going to happen uh, to get me to a place to where I said, okay, 
what do I do with my brokenness? Mm, yeah. How, how, how do I use my brokenness uh, in a positive way? And a lot of times we, as 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 men, as black men, uh, we try to mask our brokenness. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The matter is, your brokenness is actually a tool uh, that can be used in a positive way, not just for yourself. The key is this: the brokenness is really to be used to inspire somebody else. Yes, sir. God brings you out of your situation. Right. So, a lot of times, black men would say, man, I don't want to speak on that, especially if they came out of their storm. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to speak towards that. I don't want to speak towards when I was weak. Mm. But it's really meant for you to speak towards your weakness because it informs another brother to say, when I, when, when, when I get weak, I still can come out of that. Yeah. I yeah. still can come out of that brokenness. Mm-hmm. Uh, use it as a positive tool to inspire somebody else. So true. So true. So if I'll just add, so say if a guy comes to my group that I run, mm-hmm. and he comes to the group that I'm running, and he's coming on a regular basis, now there's might be a group of guys that was with him out in the street that come from his same background, that's experienced some of the same things he, he's done, but he stepped away. Mm-hmm. Now they looking at him and they see how his life is getting better. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the vision of hope that they might need to want to follow him into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that's what I'm hoping for. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. I, I think it's, you know, I think we're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate you for allowing me to be here today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see a lot of good coming from this. I got a lot of hope that good things will come from this. And then the brothers can't start getting to a solution. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Deal with the youth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I'm hearing, man, if brothers don't get nothing else out of this podcast, get one thing, man, that it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight, man, when you're trying to break down some walls, man, and, and get out of some dark places in our lives, man. Sometimes it take a while for that. It takes a while when you turn the switch on, man, for that light to come on. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes there's a delay, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, the light will come on. You keep just being patient, man. And sometimes I think we start things and we don't finish them, man. And that's one thing me and my son talk about a lot, man. If I start something, you're going to finish. I'll never forget this, man, and then we'll move on. We got a few more minutes left. But I remember my son's playing ball. I remember my youngest son, he started playing a sport, man. They both knew this. I don't, I'm not pushing you to play sports, but if we start playing this sport, we're gonna, we're gonna finish that season out, man. And my whole objective to that was is to get them to understand that once you start something, man, finish it. I don't care how long it takes, man, see it through. Because like you said, Real, if I don't see it through, then I never would have seen the positiveness out of my brokenness, man. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really important, man. To uh, um, to just spin back off of that, that that my pops taught me that lesson early because I kind of carried that even into college. Um, I watched plenty of people drop out, you know, get the refund check, man, get their little two, three, four bands, man, and they gone. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? I every semester, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the class is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. But you know that 
lesson that I got early on of, of, of starting what you finished, man. I was blessed to get a get a degree, man, and kind of push on through college, but it was just that 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 was just instilled in my head, man. Along with everything that I was going through, man, the abuses that I may have been going through. What we done mm-hmm. talking about? Depression, mm-hmm. grief, grief. Um, yeah. um, just so much that we go through as black men. But man, Ram Honey, you know this, man. We gotta see it through. You know, we talk about that a lot, man, in our in our in our Greek community, man. Um, a beautiful poem, man, that, that you guys should check out. But uh see it through, man. You gotta be able to fight through those tough times, man, and still try to your best to come out on the winning side, man, with whatever that achievement is on the other end. Hey man, I tell you what. So man. so just just getting back to I don't know where the time is, but just some some solutions, right? So, uh, in, in my world, again, I, I, I deal in, in the corrections arena, I deal in the things that, that we can find is like, you know, we, we got to deal with these multi things because most of the time when you're dealing with somebody that, that they may not, they may not say it's an addiction issue, but there's an addiction issue. They may not say, they struggle with mental health, but there's probably some mental health stuff going on yeah. mm-hmm. that they, they need to process through. Most most people who go through those things, they're dealing with the trauma aspects of it. So one big piece that that, that our culture as, as black men, we got to be comfortable in, in, in understanding that, that it's not a stigma if you say I have an addiction or I have a mental health issue or I have some trauma that I'm trying to um, uh, deal with. We got to make it safe in our community yes. for us as, as as black men to say, uh, here is spaces and people who are not going to judge me or, or see me as, back to my original point, as a weak person if I'm dealing with these things. I had a little boy, and I, I'll let Brother Odom kind of finish up, but I had this little boy in this community. He ran up to me one day, and he had a a, a, a scarf over his face. Uh, and he ran up to me and said, uh, and this is a little boy that I have baptized, but he ran up to me at this time. He was just a little kid. He's just playing, but this is the imagery he saw in his community. He ran up to me and was like, I'm a gangster. I'm a gangster. I'm a gangster. Mm. Right? And, and as a child, he was just playing because, but this was the imagery mm-hmm. that he got from the community that he saw. Mm-hmm. 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 He ran to me. Mm-hmm. And I took the mask off of his face and I said, no, you're not a gangster, you're a king. Mm, come on, man. So a lot of times, um, I don't know where that may come to his remembrance down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may go through some things because he's a child that has a crackhead mother. Mm-hmm. He's what they call functioning. Mm-hmm. Right. She has addiction issues, but this is her little son who loves her to death. Right, right. And he survives. Right. right. But ultimately, is there some brokenness? Is there some things? Is there some trauma in his life? I'm sure he sees some things when he walks in his door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, there is a space where he can come to, there is a person that he knows mm-hmm. he can see that can again pour positivity. Oh, so bigger things is like when we talk about solutions, um, we got to pour the positivity. Uh, we got to move people 
into spaces and places where those positive things uh, can happen. And lastly, one of the things we work with is a thing called CHIN, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. called Congregational Health and Education Network. Okay. So it's a network of churches that deal with um, uh, health issues mm-hmm. and health in general. It can be mental health, it can be physical health. Mm-hmm. So uh, in keeping in that, what we're trying to do, uh, we got our treatment side, but what we're trying to do right now is uh, have MDHA give us one project, right. one housing unit. Uh, what we want to do is put a clinic in that housing unit mm-hmm. and create an environment where health is pushed, mm-hmm. mental health, physical health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times, the biggest piece is uh, creating an environment where somebody gets a primary care physician, yes. which is going to a lot of yeah. black men. Yeah. Yes. Not even gonna go off into the prostate and cancer and why black men leave here simply because they won't get a regular checkup. Right. right? That's a whole nother topic for y'all to uh, touch on. Right. Yes, um, those are things when I say let's seek to find these positive things or poor positive things within community. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mr. Older man, anything you'd like to share with us as well, man, before we before we give a close on that statement? Yeah. Once again, I thank you for allowing me to be here today. Uh, when I was in treatment years ago, we used to listen to uh, a motivational speaker. I forget his name was Les. I can't remember his last name. Uh, he used to say every time he spoke, if you can look up, if you can look up, you can get up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we in the fellowship that I'm in, we say, let us love you until you learn how to love yourself. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. come visit. Come, you know, whatever's on your mind, bring it to us. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Come see us. Yeah. You can curse, scream, cry, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we not gonna judge you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because most of us, I guarantee you, when you come sit with us, you will find somebody that's going to tell you your story because they lived exactly what you were living. Yes, sir. They're going to tell you how to get through it. I promise you that. Yes, sir. You know, come talk to us. We're here. You know, uh, and when you come meet me, I'll give you my phone number and you can call me 24 seven. And if I don't answer then, I promise you within the next five minutes, I will return your phone call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is all I got. Yeah. Praise God. Man, it's, it's, it's that type of energy, man, from guys like uh, Mr. Mister Older, man, that, that, that is more needed in the community. And yeah. it's a very, very uh, extreme lack of that type of energy, man. Uh, Mr. Odom, like me and my dad, and you know, like Reverend Mahana, man, we excited to, to to be pouring into black men, you know? Yes. And I think it's so yes. important that we have this platform because black men do not spend enough time getting things off of their chest. They don't spend enough time sharing those vulnerable, transparent moments mm-hmm. that, that if they just shed that dead skin off, man, there's no telling, man, where they could go and how they can just plummet themselves, man, to a new um, um, a new phase in life, man. So um, we want to thank both of you guys, man. Yeah. Mr. Simon Oldham, and again, man, uh, Reverend Thomas Hunter Sr., man, for joining us 
on our platform, man, the Black Men Vent Two Podcast. The morning we give everybody this uh, uh, this uh, thing that we do of allowing our guests to give our black men, our black women, but specifically our black men, because that's what we're talking about. Give them one bit of advice that's just on any topic, whether it's abuse, whether it, it just may be anything. Give the black man that's listening to this one last thing of advice, man, and we'll go ahead and close out for this Monday morning. Yes. y'all get that y'all hear that real well you froze for a second yeah about yeah, 10, yeah. 10 seconds you froze yeah yeah but you know what that ain't nothing but the enemy but uh like he said man give us one last bullet point man of uh, some positivity man that uh will help our community and help our brothers man uh again just stay in the day stay in the day don't look at what tomorrow gonna bring yeah. you know look at Stay in today. Do the best you can be, the best man you can be for today. Always keep God first. Mm-hmm. You know, a praying man is a good man. All right, all right. Believe- all right. You, know, uh, you don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have to suffer alone. We got help for you. Yes. You know, all you have to do is make the first step. We gonna run with it from there. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, so one of the things, um, as you guys know, uh, because um, St. James birthed Nehemiah Baptist Church, but on the day we were being born, um, our father in the ministry stood up and said, uh, this is going to be an unusual church. Uh, at that time, I, I was just trying to think through everything that was happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, as I sit today and I look at, uh, we fund and are able to help 350 kids that come inside this Boys and Girls Club uh, every week. Yes. Uh, by supporting them uh, financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a nine room women's transitional home uh, where we take formerly homeless women uh, and get them on their feet. Mm, wow. um, we minister to a 400 person community in Andrew Jackson uh, where everybody in this community know uh, that we love them, we feed them, we help them, uh, and we try to provide for them. Mm-hmm. Unusual means phenomenal, Mm. Uh, but we understand that God put us here uh, to do these things. There are people that come to the NA group that live in this community Mm. uh, that can walk to their meeting now. Mm -hmm. Yes. There are people who come here uh, who just trying to get better. So I would tell anybody True success starts in your mind, but ultimately you have to find what what is called a worthwhile cause. I kind of sent this out to my family of people this morning. What is your worthwhile cause? There there are things we gonna get uh, just because we aspire to have success. 
your podcast may become as big as Tom Jonah or Steve Harvey one day. Ultimately, you have to look and say, once we get there and this show is making millions, what is my worthwhile cost? Once you're rich, you got all the possessions you want, all the money you want. Mm -hmm. What is your actual worthwhile cost? Meaning that thing that leans more into the spiritual aspects of what we're doing. Yes. Right. Yes. The goal is to build up black men. Yes, right. sir. Yes, sir. So the worthwhile cause is building up black men to be more successful. Yes. And it's not pushing, get rich, get the cars, get the gas. Right. It's deeper than that. So so I would say to any person. Find what that is, your worthwhile cause. Mm-hmm. I love playing professional basketball, but I'm living and, and operating in my worthwhile cause mm-hmm. every day that I get to wake up. So true. So find what that is for yourself. So true. So well spoken, man. We want to we want to thank uh, my brother Odom, man. Again, I appreciate his compassion, man. His passion for what he does. And especially my brother, my big brother in the ministry, man, Reverend Thomas Hunter Sr., man. That's my man. I wish we could talk more, man, about some of the things that we used to talk about in that parking lot. But uh, maybe, maybe we'll do that on another podcast, a grown folks podcast. <laughs> but uh, some sitting in the conversation. That he's sitting in the conversation that we used to have. And I bless God for that. Seven years, man. Wow, that's a blessing, man. I thank God for that, man. But uh, yeah, man, with that being said, man, we're going to go ahead and close it out, man. And uh, again, thank you, brothers. Keep doing what you're doing. And as we always say on the Black Man Venture, until next week, it's a wrap. Black man, don't get trapped. Nashville, it is what it is. It ain't what it ain't. You can do what you can and you came with what you came, man. This has been another episode of the Black Man Venture Podcast. Good morning. Nashville, have you heard of Black Man Venture Day?